Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. Today we want to we're going to look at Paul's life, and, and I don't know about you, but when I came to Christ, uh, I knew I was a sinner. I knew I struggled with things. There were things in my past that I felt guilty about. And many of you can relate to that. You were living your life and and you knew what was right and wrong. Your parents probably told you. You maybe went to church and you had a sense that although you knew what was right, you were doing the wrong thing. But you know what? Not everybody lives like that. There are actually people who think they're doing what's right. And they think that they are pleasing God. I I met a young man like this when I was working in a a bookstore, an old bookstore with out-of-print books in Hilton Village in Newport News. It was one of my first jobs. I was was not even 18 at the time. And this uh, young man came in there, and he was, uh, his shoes were worn out, and he was selling flowers. And he was with a religious group that maybe some of you remember, the Moonies. They were very prevalent back in the 70s. And and these these, uh, young people were absolutely convinced that they were pleasing God. And he was just passionate and zealous about his his religion. And he was trying to persuade me. and, And I remember thinking, wow, you know, there's... Do we love Christ the way this man loves his religion? He was very, very religious, and and he thought he was right. And then there are people just in our history as a country, there are people who flew airplanes into a building to, uh, to kill people in the name of what they believed was a true religion. You know, there are many... People who live with a religion where they believe they're pleasing God. And they wake up in the morning, they go to bed at night, and they believe they're doing the right thing, but yet they don't have a relationship with Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And as we look at our our text, as we continue through Philippians, we're going to see that side of Paul. Because Paul was a, a Jewish man who had worked his way up in the ranks of his religion, and he felt, his conscience was clear. He felt like he was doing the right thing, and his, his belief was that he had to work his way to heaven. He had to merit God's favor by keeping the Ten Commandments, and he was zealous in that religion, and then he kind of tells us, he gives us insight into a spiritual transformation that took place in his life. So let's look at the text and see. He begins his correspondence with the Philippians. Paul says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Paul, in writing to the Philippians, said, you know, rejoice in the Lord. 
And he's going to give his testimony and give us insight into how he tried to earn God's favor by, by keeping the law. And he starts off and he says, your joy and your trust needs to be in Christ, not in your own good works. And there are a lot of people in here today, possibly, who you're trying to please God. Just like many people try to please other people in relationships. There are many people who live their lives to please other people. They don't want to make people upset. They want to please people. That belief, that insight carries over into our, our spirituality is where we feel we have to somehow merit God's favor. So Paul says, rejoice, relax, take away the fear, rejoice in your relationship with Christ. And then he warns them. He says, beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumstances. These would be the religious people, the religious people of his religion who had taught Paul this belief that you had to earn your salvation. You had to work to be approved by God. And Paul's warning the Philippians that this mentality will leave you in bondage, slavery, and fear. For we are the true circumcision who worship in spirit and truth in glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. You know, as I stand before you, I, I feel good about my relationship with Christ, my relationship with God in Christ. I feel that if the day was my last day, I would be with the Lord. I'm secure in my relationship with the Lord, but it's not based on my behavior. It's not based on me earning that. It's based on God's faithfulness. It's based on God's promises. It's based on God's Holy Spirit. It's based on God's Word. That this assurance of salvation is based on what God has done, not what I have done. And I want you to have the same peace. You know, as we have visitors and we have new people here from time to time, you know, I, I want to be clear in in preaching the gospel. There are three things we try to communicate here. You know, we try to communicate how to have a relationship with Christ. And then we try to communicate how to grow in that relationship. When you have a relationship, you need to grow in that relationship. And then lastly, we encourage people to serve God and to serve other people as an outpouring of their salvation, not to earn their salvation. You don't uh, clean the building and, and play music and do all of these things to merit God's favor, but they are an expression of your relationship with Christ that works out that way. And those are our three goals. Those are the three things I pray. I pray as I pray for the people of the church, and I encourage you to pray for, uh, for people, not just the people who are sick, but pray for the people who are well, you know, because there is spiritual health, there's physical health, there's emotional health, there's mental health, and God wants us to be whole in all of those areas and to pray and encourage one another. And Paul begins to talk about himself, and he says, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, Paul says, you know, I was pretty good at being religious. I was pretty good. And he was respected. He was a respected Pharisee. He says, if anyone else has a mind, 
to put confidence in the flesh. He basically says, if you're thinking about feeling good about your relationship with God because of what you do, I could have also said that. And that's the way I felt. And Paul says he was circumcised the eighth day according to the law of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. He had reached the top position in his religion. He would have been the most respected religious person of a Hebrew, of the Jewish faith. And then let's look at what Paul says. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. People looked at Paul and they didn't see that he was breaking the law. They saw someone who kept the law. They saw someone who had a high position. And Paul said himself, I didn't even feel, I didn't even feel like I was wrong. And many people in other religions who are trying to earn God's favor, many people in the church who believe that salvation comes from being a good person in, in keeping the law. You know, several of us over the years have knocked on doors and done surveys and talked to people. I've talked to hundreds of people and asked that question. What do you believe a person has to do to go to heaven? And people will say, be a good person. It's just like this. Be a good person. Be a good person. Be a good person. And so many people think that. And so many people believe that their salvation is based on being a good person and doing certain things. You know, God created us for a relationship, as we heard in the songs today. God created you and I for a relationship with him. And that relationship with him has been challenged and compromised because of our, our sin and our guilt, our separation from God. And we see that in the world. We see people fighting. We see people that don't get along. We see challenges in the way we relate to one another. And that's all the, the outworking of our sin nature. We have struggles with pride and selfishness. And this drives us away from a meaningful relationship with God and with one another. That's why you have conflict. That's why you have war and divorce and all types of things going on in the world where people cannot get along. It's because of this separation. And Paul says, in regard to that whole thing, I didn't even see the problem. He was in complete denial. He thought everything was good, that he was doing the right thing. And many of us think, well, I'm like everybody else. They're not even aware that they lack a relationship with God through Christ. But Paul says, whatever things were gained to me, those things I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. So when Paul was walking down the road of Damascus, and the Lord Jesus spoke to him, and he met Jesus, and he had an encounter with the living Christ, the risen Christ. And when Paul came into relationship with Jesus Christ and found the intimacy of that relationship, he looked back and he said, the old me, the old religious me trying to please God by keeping the law, that was nowhere near the spiritual reality that God had for me. To know Christ is so much better. And for many, many of us, when we came to Christ, we looked back and said, if I'd only known, I had no idea 
You know, we thought we were, we were just like everybody else, but we didn't know until we knew Christ. And when we knew Christ, we looked back on the old things and said they're, they're rubbish, they're foolishness. And that's what happened to Paul. More than that, Paul says, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish that I may gain Christ. As you think about your relationship, if you do not have a relationship with Christ, and if your relationship with Christ is not what you want it to be, you have to realize that there is a choice to be made. You can't have a full relationship with Christ and hold on to the things that keep you from having that relationship. You know, for me, it was music, and I've shared this. You know, growing up in the church, and many churches are this way, we had a piano and an organ, you know. And so I turned from the church to pursue music through all types of other avenues, through the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all of those. That became my, my worship. And rather than worshiping God like we worship God today with our young people playing guitars and drums and piano, rather than that, I worshiped at the turntable with the guitar trying to play these songs and trying to be in a band Nothing wrong with friendship, nothing wrong with music, but that was my idol. I was bowed down at that idol, like Ben came down here to to worship God and to pray to God and have that special moment. I was bowed down to that turntable, to that music, because I thought that was the highest reality. I thought that was the most meaningful thing that I could pursue. And then Jesus burst in and kind of burst my bubble And I lost all things in this world. But I gained something much better. And it's part of our vision here that our young people would grow up learning to play the guitar to worship the God of heaven, to worship Jesus, to develop. And we have room to develop many more musicians. We're not limited. You know, we can grow And we can have a church full of young people and older people and middle-aged people playing music and worshiping God because the worship of God, what what was bad for me because it was my idol is good for us in that we worship the one true God. We worship Christ. We rejoice in the Lord. And God turns bad things, you know, and bad parts of our lives around. And wherever you're at today, There's no one in here who's unworthy beyond redemption. There's no one in here whose relationship with God is so far gone that God can't completely change that. And whether you're young or old, you know, whether you've been a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, God wants to have a relationship with you, whether for the first time or whether to renew a relationship that maybe has become casual. And what Paul is arguing is, when it's all said and done, you know, my my commitment to religion, and maybe your commitment isn't to religion, maybe it's to something else, like mine was to the music, 
whatever your passion is, you know, if that passion is not Christ, if that focus is not Christ, if that focus is drugs, or if that focus is work, or if that focus is money, or that focus is church, whatever that focus is, is if you know in your heart, if it's not to be radically in love with Christ, it's dung. That's what Paul said. You know, you have to work hard to try to find a sermon where you could say that word. <laughs> it's not the same. Jesus is more than that. Christ is above all that. And my encouragement to you today is to look to Christ and let go of the religion, let go of the, what, the lifestyle that's not him, whatever it is, business, money, success, whatever it is. If, it, if, you're, if what drives you and wakes you up in the morning is not Christ, there's more for you in life. There's a better way. Whether you're saved or, you know, it might be the first time if you're, if you're not saved, I invite you to give your life to Christ. You know, but if you are saved and you have that, okay, I believe in the Lord, I'm a Christian, and there's something else that you're passionate about that's above Christ, you're not going to be as satisfied as when you surrender to Christ. That's what Paul is saying. For whatever things were gained to me, those things I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and can count them but rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Paul encourages the church at Philippi to rejoice in their relationship with Christ rather than live in religious fear. Many people live in religious fear trying to please God. Many people today serve God out of fear of his judgment. You know, I'm not going to stand up here, you know, like when I was younger, I would go to church and there were people who came in and boy, they could preach and get emotional and get worked up. And, and you, you know, they would basically have you dangling over hellfire, scared to death, holding onto the pew, thinking, I've got to get saved. While there is a reality that if we live a life separated from God and we refuse the grace of God, we will be separated from God eternally. But the, the Christian life is so much more than fire insurance. The Christian life is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that leads to not only eternal life, but an abundant life. However, when fear is our only motivation, when that is our only motivation, we tend to be judgmental and we live without joy. 
we live in fear and, and criticizing. It's not a peace. It's not a rejoice. It's not a celebration because we're driven by fear, not relationship. Before Paul knew Christ, he tried to please God by keeping the Old Testament law. What are you doing to please yourself? Is it a religion? Is it driven for success of some sort? This religious bondage allowed him to justify even trying to kill those who had a relationship with Christ. Without a genuine relationship with Christ, we are driven by fear and we live in confusion. When Paul met Jesus, he let go of his religious traditions. When I met Christ, I let go of my addiction to music and just the desire to put that above God. I let go of it. When you come to Christ, you let go of the past, whatever it is. And we're all different. I don't know what drives each person. Have you ever looked at somebody and talked to someone and you said, I just can't figure out what motivates that person? We are complicated. Have you ever heard of somebody that, you know, got exposed for doing something? You think, I would have never thought that person would do that. We don't know people the way we think we do. We all have different motivations. What's your motivation? Is it your motivation to have a relationship with Christ? These traditions are unable to save him. And he turned from that and he began to love and obey Christ. As a follower of Christ, Paul wanted to grow deeper in his relationship with God. But understand in two things, the death and the resurrection of Christ. I want to encourage you guys to these next two slides. I, you know, I apologize, they're a little long. But I thought about this and I prayed about this. And I really want to communicate Two things about the death and the resurrection of Christ. First one, Jesus died so that we could be free from the penalty of sin and have forgiveness and eternal life. A believer identifies with Christ in his death and he stops trying to please God for salvation. And he begins to love God for salvation through Christ. It's very important. When you come to Christ and you receive his forgiveness, your salvation is based on what Jesus did for you on the cross. And the change that occurs in your life as you live that radically transformed life where you are in love with Christ, it is a thank you for what Jesus has done. You're secure. You're not waking up every day. Does he love me? Does he love me not? God loves you through Christ who died for you. And when you receive him and you receive his forgiveness, you are already there spiritually. God sees you there. But you got to work it out here in life. God sees you. You know, I was talking to a parent. He was talking about one of his children saying, you know what, I, I know they're going to have some bumps in life. And I'm praying that they, you know what? Your child, God sees them there. They have to work it out. And yes, we have to pray. And yes, we have to teach and encourage and instruct. But it is not trying to earn. You cannot earn salvation. It's too expensive. What does it cost? Perfection. Who can do it? I asked a class one time. I was teaching. I think it was sixth grade. 
I said, hey, I got a test today. Oh, oh, we don't want a test. I said, this is a really cool test. If you pass this test, you're going to heaven. They're like, what? I said, yeah, I've got a test that if you can pass it, you're going to go to heaven. Someone said, can I take that test? I said, yeah. So I started reading the Ten Commandments. Have you ever told a lie? Everybody in the class failed the test. And those little boys, it was, the, little, the kids were just sitting there. They felt so bad. And I just waited for a while. I wanted to wait a long time, but I said, no, I can't do this. I said, I got really good news for you. God has another way for you to go to heaven. I want to hear that. I don't like the first way. We can't do it, folks. We can't keep all the law. You know, so we're all the same. So when we look at somebody and we judge them because they sin differently than we do, we miss the point. Yes, people are sinners. If people come into our church, they will be sinners. They will not be perfect. They will not be someone who walks through those doors who keeps every commandment. It will not happen. So we all come to Christ and to God the same way. It's through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins, and we receive his forgiveness, and he changes us, he gives us the Holy Spirit, and then we live these radically changed lives, loving God and loving one another. Not driven by fear, but driven by love and relationship. The second thing, Jesus rose from the dead. Death was arrested. I can't believe these songs. These songs were perfect today. Praise the Lord. I mean, they they preached the message. Jesus rose from the dead so that we could be free from the power of sin. You're not bound by sin. You are forgiven from the penalty. You are free from the power. You are released from the prison. You can walk out of that prison and walk into an abundant life full of love, joy, and peace. Why did Paul say, rejoice in the Lord? If you have a relationship with Christ, rejoice in the Lord. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in believers to enable them to live the Christian life. You and I can't do it without that. Without the Holy Spirit living in us, we can't do it. So what do we do? We come to Christ and we start as baby Christians. If you've drifted away, if you're stale in your relationship, just return to Christ. Just come back to Jesus. Get back, on the, get back in the race and start to grow and to walk. Trust in him for your salvation. Feel, feeling good about yourself because Jesus loves you, because Jesus died for your sins, and just walk in that relationship. And when you mess up, there's no shame. There is forgiveness. Say, yes, I was wrong. Please forgive me, Lord. I was wrong. Admit it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you know what you will find is you grow in that relationship. You will find that you love God more than you love sin. You'll find you love God more than you. You know what? I love Jesus more than I love the music. He's released me from that. I can listen to music now. I can watch people play the guitar. And that thing that, that owned me is gone. I can enjoy it. I can play a song. And the bondage is released. And I'm not legalistic about it. 
I can listen to it on the radio. It's not the same because it doesn't have that control over me. It's no longer my God. And the things that defeated you, you know, Jesus died for those things. And when he rose from the dead, you're free. You're free. You're free from anger. You're free from loneliness. You're free from anxiety. You're free from these temptations. And God sees you free. You just have to walk in that and trust him by faith. And when you fall down and you get off track, you ask God to forgive you and you humbly ask him for help. And little by little, little by little, he transforms and changes us. Do you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Is it where you want it to be? Are you where you want to be spiritually? Are you where you need to be? Are you where you should be? A relationship with God through Jesus Christ, about eight things that characterize this relationship. The first one is forgiveness. When you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you've experienced God's forgiveness. The next one is meaning and purpose. You were created for purpose and meaning in your life. You were not meant to live a life without meaning and without purpose. Third thing is hope. When you come to Christ, Christ gives you hope. No matter how far down you are, there is hope that God loves you. The next one, very importantly, you were created for intimacy with God. You were created to know God personally, and you know God through prayer and his word and connecting with other people. When you have a relationship with God through Christ, you will become intimate with him. Fifth, you were created to love other people. When you receive God's forgiveness, you forgive the people in life who've hurt you. And as you forgive people, you're able to love them and grow in that relationship. And living a life of love and forgiveness is a lot better than living a life of bitterness and hurt and, and unforgiveness. Six, you have power to change your behavior. Whatever it is you struggle with as a Christian, when you have a relationship with Christ, you know, it's just a matter of time. I'm not saying it's not. It's going to be a struggle, but the the victory is in your corner. You have Jesus on your side. You have Christ in you, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So as you just trust him and surrender and grow and listen to people and allow people to help you, It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk to people. I have a a brother who I I confide in and I talk to who helps me in the Christian faith. I have a couple best friends that I can talk to. I have a spouse that I can talk to. You know, I have friends here that I can talk to. I don't live the Christian life alone. There are times when people, you know, I, I like, you know, I like talking to Brian, you know, Brian is real. You know, and as I talk to Brian, Brian will just say, Mark, I, I need prayer. I need help. You know, he's honest. You know, and you have those types of relationships as Christians where there's honesty and not this wall and not this pretense where we're not really being who we really are. You know, you can let down your guard and be honest with people. Not everybody. I understand that. You, you have to get to know a person before you trust them, and I encourage you to do that. I wouldn't just open up to anybody. But as you get to know people, you form a relationship where you can receive help from other people in the body of Christ. 
The seventh thing is you have peace. Peace is greater than anxiety. You know, rather than trying not to have anxiety, focus on peace. Focus on the peace of Christ. Don't even think about the anxiety. Stop thinking about those things. Paul says, think on these things. Change your thinking. And last, there's joy. Rejoice in the Lord. We come back to joy. So I want to encourage you just to consider two things. Steps to begin a relationship with God. And steps to recommit your relationship with God if you're struggling. The first one is the problem is sin. The problem is sin. You and I find ourselves alienated from God. The first thing we have to take care of is the sin. We have to come to God and humbly ask for forgiveness. We have to ask God for forgiveness. And then the second thing, we have to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. If you're a Christian, the way this looks is you confess your sin. Lord, forgive me for my sin. Lord, thank you for being my Lord and Savior. And I surrender to you. I surrender that area. When you come to Christ, you give him everything. When you walk with Christ, you give him the area that's causing the problem. See, some of you have come to Christ and you're following Christ, but an issue comes up and it sets you back. Maybe it's anxiety about money and it's keeping you from being who you are in Christ. So you come to him and you say, God, forgive me for giving in to Forgive me for that. And then you say, Jesus, I surrender this area to you. And then God's peace comes over you and you walk away from it. That's how you grow. But I want to take a moment just to pray with you. You know, as I prepared the sermon uh, this week, I wanted to just give people an opportunity before the Lord to surrender their life to Christ if you don't have a relationship with Christ. So there's two types of people, those who've never surrendered their life to Christ and those who have surrendered their life to Christ, but you would like to grow deeper. I want to give you that opportunity, whether you're either one. First, I want to just pray with you and pray for you and give you a moment of silence. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, or if you need to renew your relationship with Christ and recommit yourself, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, I'm going to ask you to ask God for forgiveness. A real simple prayer, you know, Lord Jesus, please forgive me, and just whatever comes to your heart. And then the second is, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you to be my Lord and Savior over every area of my life. And I think if you will do that, I know if you will do that today and walk in that peace and that joy, you will begin to grow and grow closer to Christ. So let's bow our heads and pray. I invite you now to just ask God to forgive you, to confess whatever sin is keeping you from coming to Christ or from growing in Christ. Next, I'd like to just ask you to just pray a simple prayer of commitment and surrender. 
to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Surrender your life fully to Christ as your Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I just pray for each person here that they would reach out to you and ask for forgiveness. Lord, I pray for each person here that they would reach out to you and just surrender their life to you as their Lord and Savior. God, in that as we collectively come to you, receive your forgiveness, acknowledge you as our decision maker, as the decision maker of our lives, Lord, that we would be able to, to encourage and reach others and that we would grow spiritually. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.